turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of the Ohio Press Network. You can check us out at theohiopressnetwork.com. That's theohiopressnetwork.com. It's really the only place you're going to get a pulse on the people, politics, and policies that shape your everyday life. Uh, And you're not going to get it through the lens of progressivism, which is the problem with every other mainstream outlet. I mean, newspapers, radio shows, TV stations, obviously, you're not going to get that lens here at 98.9 FM and Salem Radio Network, but we're few and far between. So thank you for your support of the Ohio Press Network. We deeply appreciate it. And thank you to Jim Renacy for spending time with us today. Uh, up next, we'll have uh, Dr. Amber Day, and she's going to talk about the, uh, the issue of killing a baby past the point that it can feel pain. Uh, we'll be joined by State Representative Gary Click at 1235. Tomorrow, I will have... Uh, Mahek Cook, and she's going to talk more about issue one. It's election day. And on Wednesday, I'm going to have a guy that I consider to be Ohio's version of Donald J. Trump. I'm talking about Mike Gibbons, former U.S. Senate candidate. He's going to weigh in on this Trump fraud trial, and uh, he's going to he's going to lay it bare. He's going to tell you why this is absolutely a joke and not just, hey, this is my opinion. He's going to give receipts. So you're not going to want to miss Wednesday show, and you're not going to want to miss right now because I'm joined on the phone by a spokeswoman for Protect Women Ohio, and she is Amy Natosi. Amy, welcome back to the Bruce Woolley Show. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Jack. Hey, it's always an honor to have you. Um, I, I'm going to be real blunt with you. I, I feel like we're in round 11 of a 12, 12 round heavyweight championship. Uh, I'm tired. We, we've talked, we've cussed, we've discussed, but I, I can't lay down issue one because I can't think of a more important topic in my life uh, that could impact the future for my kids and their kids than this. So let's start there. And I want to hear uh, from you again, uh, as you tell our listeners, what happens if this amendment passes on Tuesday? Yeah, so issue one, um, we are encouraging everybody to do their research and vote no on issue one, because if passed, it would cement the most radical abortion regime in the country within our state constitution. We would have an abortion regime that is more radical than California and New York even, and it goes further than Roe v. Wade. Issue one would permanently uh, allow late-term abortion in our constitution. We are talking about abortion after an unborn child is capable of feeling pain, Uh, It would also get rid of parental consent laws in the state so that minors could now get abortions without their parents even knowing about it. And it would even get rid of common sense health and safety protections for women that do get abortions in the state. So if passed, issue one will make kids, families, and women less safe, and we know that is not where Ohioans stand. I think one of the challenges, as I've talked about this to people throughout the state, is that it is so radical 
it's almost unbelievable. When you talk about abortion to birth for any reason, when you talk about parental rights being eviscerated, we'll get to that in a minute. But you said something that's super important because one of the arguments of proponents is that this protects women's health, right? Well, my understanding is if this passes, the 24-hour rule on abortion, gone. Partial birth abortion prohibitions, gone. Dilation and extraction procedure prohibitions, gone. Uh, two doctor write-offs on abortions, gone. And the prohibition to abort a healthy baby because he or she has Down syndrome is gone. And I include that in the list of things that I think uh, affects the woman's health because I think there is a mental and emotional health component there that nobody wants to talk about. I mean, those are the things that are getting ripped down, aren't they? And how do you, how do you say that that protects women's health? No, you're exactly right, Jack. And I think you're right. This stuff does sound unbelievable. And so one thing we've been pointing out to folks is all we have to do is look up north to Michigan to see this playing out in real time and to see what would happen in Ohio if issue one passes. They passed a constitutional amendment last year that's almost identical to what we're dealing with right now with issue one. And we are already seeing these health and safety standards for women and the unborn fall by the wayside. Just last week, the Michigan House passed a suite of bills that would allow for late-term abortion in the state. It would get rid of penalties for partial birth abortions, and it gets rid of health and safety standards at abortion clinics. And these are common sense things like requiring the operating room to be a certain size, requiring hallways and doorways to be wide enough to fit a wheelchair or a gurney, uh, ensuring that abortion clinics have transfer agreements with emergency rooms in case the woman is suffering from an emergency during a procedure. And so we are seeing this play out just north of us, and it does sound unbelievable, but it is happening in real time, and that's what will come to our state if Issue 1 passes. And you're right, besides pushing Issue 1, claim this is pro-woman, but we're taking away health and safety standards. And the other thing they won't tell you is that they're being dishonest about miscarriage care and contraception access in this state. Please hit the people that. Behind yes. issue one, yeah, the, the people behind issue one would have you believe that we need to pass issue one in order to protect miscarriage care and ensure women have access to contraception. And that's not true. We already have those things in Ohio. Doctors prescribe contraception every day. They treat women experiencing miscarriages every day. We do not need a yes vote on issue one to protect those things. Thank you for saying that. I talked about that last week, ectopic pregnancies, miscarriages. Those things are legal now. They will be legal if issue one is rejected. And then the other straw man argument is, well, what what happens, though, if the heartbeat bill comes back? Well, guess what? There are still exceptions for ectopic pregnancies and miscarriages, and there are still exceptions if there's a threat to the mother's life and the threat to the mother's major bodily function. I mean, those are all facts, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I spoke with an OBGYN recently who put it best. She said, as an OBGYN, she has two patients, mom and baby. And it's incredibly offensive when these groups behind issue one are insinuating that doctors will not care for the mother. We read this horrendous op-ed in the Columbus Dispatch last week, just filled with lies that said doctors will not intervene to protect a mother experiencing a miscarriage or ectopic pregnancy unless she's on the brink of death. And that is absolutely false. A doctor fulfills their oath, cares for the mother, and cares for baby at the same time. That has always been the law in Ohio, and it always will be. Let's talk about, we have a couple of minutes here, um, some of the more extreme implications if issue one is passed. 
Um, I'm looking at the roster of people who are supporting this, this, the, the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, Urge. What do we know about those organizations with respect to abortion on demand and parents' rights? Yeah, so the ACLU, we know that they actually, their attorneys wrote this amendment. They wrote the amendments that were in other states last year, and that will be up for debate in 2024 as well. And they have been very vocal on social media telling voters exactly where they stand on the issue of parental rights. They have called parents a burden. They've said parental consent law should be completely abolished. Uh, This group, Urge, that you mentioned, said that they're for decriminalizing all abortion, even self-managed abortion, which, of course, we know was incredibly dangerous to the woman and should never be allowed. And so these groups have not made it any secret where they stand and what they think about parents. And this puts our kids at risk, Jack, because I know you're familiar with this story um, from Cincinnati a number of years ago where there was a 14-year-old girl who was being abused by her soccer coach, and he got her pregnant. He took her to the Planned Parenthood, pretended to be her dad, forced her into an abortion. If issue one passes, he wouldn't even need to pretend to be his rape victim's father. He could just walk her into the Planned Parenthood and get her an abortion and try to cover up his crime. So that is what is at stake here, and that's what the ACLU and Planned Parenthood are pushing for. And I think it's it would be foolish if I didn't point out Planned Parenthood is a big business. And the, why, why do they back this? Well, th- we can talk about how evil it is, but let's just look at it from a dollars and cents standpoint. When you take abortion permissions from six weeks to 15 weeks to 22 weeks all the way to, to birth, you are, you, you are massively increasing the number of abortions that get, can be performed and, and the revenue that you'll get from it. And guess what? The, the hospitals that back this, you don't think that they're going to give drugs and surgeries to kids? Their revenue stream is going to go up. That's part of it too, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, we have a perfect example from right here in Ohio. Uh, Dr. Martin Haskell is an infamous abortionist from Dayton, and he is credited with inventing the partial birth abortion technique. He has given over $150,000 to the group supporting Issue 1. Why? Because he knows that an investment in Issue 1 is an investment in his abortion business. Yep. All we have to do is look at where the money's flowing to know this. And we are now giving abortionists the ability to determine whether or not they can perform late-term abortions in the state. That's not where Ohioans stand. Nobody wants that in our state. Amy, we have about 20 seconds. I believe this comes down to turnout tomorrow. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. That's why, Jack, it's so important we remind your listeners, if they've got an absentee ballot sitting on their kitchen table right now, Get it postmarked today or drop it off at your county board of elections before 7.30 p.m. tomorrow. Make sure we're getting those votes in before 7.30. A no vote is a vote to protect Ohio's lives and families. She is Amy Natosi. She is a spokeswoman for Protect Women Ohio. Amy, thank you for investing time with us today. We greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jack. Hey, stay tuned. Uh, We have Dr. Amber Day on the other side of this break. Welcome back to The Bruce Woolley Show. I want to tell you again about the Freedom Foundation. You can check out optouttoday.com to learn the crux of what they do. They help you seamlessly and simply opt out of your union so that you don't have to pay union dues. You'll save about $1,100 per year and better 
Money won't go to union bosses who 97% of the time support progressive activism in our government and in our schools. So thank you to the Freedom Foundation for supporting the Ohio Press Network and for supporting workers and their right to opt out of their unions, freeing them from union bondage, the Freedom Foundation. Okay, I want to welcome in uh, Dr. Amber Day. Dr. Day, welcome to The Bruce Woolley Show. How are you this afternoon? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, thank you for agreeing um, to be on with this first. Um, I don't know, but I would guess that pressure in your field is is pretty tremendous to be in lockstep with people who claim they want to protect women's health in order to abort children. Um, but you wrote a very compelling opinion piece uh, that published in Cincinnati.com. A November ballot issue on abortion ignores fetal pain. Uh, but before we get into that, tell us a little bit about um, – you and, and your practice and, and why you decided to go the route that you went and the type of care that you provide. Yeah, so I am a pediatric physician, so I see children from birth up until age 21 or somewhere around there. I see a lot of babies and young children by nature of the fact that that's usually when children come in most often. So I have a lot of really strong relationships with their parents and and do most of my interacting with their parents. Um, I also uh, have worked in practices that serve primarily um, underserved populations and are kind of community health centers. So I have um, seen a lot of that population as well. Is it fair to say, and I'm putting you on the spot here, that the underserved population is the area where places like Planned Parenthood often push for births to be aborted? Yeah, that's an interesting point. I think sometimes that is definitely the case. And I think that it's really important to remember that this, the issue one, threatens the health and safety of those women, especially the most vulnerable, the most vulnerable women, excuse me, by removing existing safety standards and um, not giving her the information that she needs. Yeah, I, I agree with that. We talked about that 24 hour rule which requires you know, the provision of, of information about how this is going to go down and resources that are available if you, sh- if you should need them. And that all goes by the wayside. But I want to I dive into this. This, this. this piece that you wrote makes me pretty emotional because people don't talk about it a lot. Um, talk to us about fetal pain and why we need to be thinking about this with respect to issue one. Yeah, I think this is a really important thing, Jack. So babies develop their pain system, their, their pain sense is part of the neurologic system. Um, as early as, you know, 20 weeks, we're even seeing this sooner. And so to, to think that there are, you know, that we would be aborting babies later than that, we're certainly causing pain. You know, like I said, we're thinking like 20 weeks, if not even sooner than that, but that is kind of where we're at as far as what we know. Um, but we see, you know, there have been reports of, of babies on ultrasound recoiling um, from the from an abortion procedure. You know, when we do any sort of fetal surgery, not, not me in particular, but when surgeons do fetal surgery or when a baby is born at 23 weeks and we're able to try to resuscitate that baby, we always anesthetize the baby if there's an emergency surgery, recognizing that babies do, in fact, feel pain at those early weeks. And so this amendment would allow babies to be aborted 
um, and I'm going to say it, maybe you're not going to say it, but for, for, for any reason, essentially, because of the word health uh, that's latched onto the life of the mother as a reason that a doctor can abort. Um, why does that matter? I mean, I know why it matters, but I have a concern that the soul of this country is is in trouble. Our minds, our wills, our emotions. I don't think we respect life the way that we ought to. And, and I'll point to the fact that people lose lose their stuff if a, 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 a dog gets left in the car with the windows up, but we're killing babies that can feel pain. And it's like, eh, why does this matter? Yeah, issue, issue one allows these late-term abortions when babies can feel pain right up to birth, potentially. Um, and, you know, as a pediatrician, I've spent time in the NICU when I've cared for these babies that have been born. I have seen babies born at 22 weeks, 23 weeks, and these babies with better and better um, medical care in the neonatal intensive care unit, we are able to provide better and better support and treatments to allow these babies to live um, normal, if not very nearly normal lives. And these sweet babies are in the NICU and they're moving and you can tell that they feel pain when you put two babies next to each other that are twins. They do so much better. When a mother, when a child is in kangaroo care with its mother, they, they, they thrive much more than they would if they're just left in their, um, in their um, bed in the neonatal intensive care unit. Yep. So we can see that these are teeny tiny human lives that, you know, if, um, if issue one passes the, and allows late term abortion, then those babies that are able to survive with support outside of the womb, what, th- those are human lives that then yep. would be aborted, be able to be aborted. In your, in your uh, opinion piece, you write, imagine if Ohio mothers were empowered to seek holistic alternatives to abortion instead of being encouraged to participate in the destruction of life. And we've only got about 45 seconds here, but I, I, mm-hmm. I would be remiss if I didn't give you a chance to respond to this. It's crazy to me that we want to give a mom permission to abort for her health, but yet we ignore the emotional and spiritual pain that she might go through if she does indeed abort a child that can feel pain in her womb. Yes. You know, Jack, I am actually very concerned because issue one would erase parental consent laws and keep parents in the dark if their young daughter, who is my patient, is considering an abortion. So if a parent didn't know and a child, a teen went through an abortion, there could be many, many mental health and emotional health problems that arise from that. And the, and her parent wouldn't even know the, the potential causes of that if they were not aware that she received an abortion. Yeah. And, and if you don't know the issue, um, you can't, you can't solve the problem. And uh, unfortunately, we're out of time right now. Um, but Dr. Day, thank you for writing this compelling piece. And I'm going to direct people to it at Cincinnati.com. November ballot issue on abortion ignores fetal pain. And thank you for unpacking some of the details of it today on The Bruce Woolley Show. Thank you so much, Jack. I appreciate your having me. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Woolley Show. Uh, Jack Windsor filling in for Bruce Woolley. And I'm back at you on the other side of this break. 